From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel, Kim Cunningham, meteorologist and social media manager at Agora Pulse, Jen Watson, star of Tornado Hunters, Greg Johnson, atmospheric science graduate, Brady Harris, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator, Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Storm Chaser, Phil Johnson. Hey, welcome everybody to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is the award-winning Stormfront Freaks podcast, uh, episode 115, and our special guest is the National Weather Service Weather Ready Nation Preparedness and Resilience Lead, Doug Hildebrand, is with us tonight. Uh, we look forward to uh, look forward to chatting with Doug, but uh, we also have we're going to do, of course, the, the lightning round game show with him. We have our hashtag Weather Fools, which I like to say is our contribution to the Weather Ready Nation. Uh, and we did find another potty mouth forecast on the dark Ooh. web, so you're definitely going to want to stay uh-huh. tuned for that. A very famous meteorologist. <laughs> Uh, that had a few, uh, I guess, choice words that we've bleeped out for your benefit. But before we get to all of that, to celebrate International Podcast Day, uh, I've got a bombshell announcement to share with you guys about a, a new way we're creating opportunities to interact more personally with you. Uh, we've been doing this for almost five years. So beginning with our October 29th show featuring Brad Panovich, uh, we're going to be offering a number of special options including the live stream of our Stormfront Freaks Raw, uh, which this is our what we call our strong PG-13 unedited, uh, unedited episode recording that we do every other Thursday night. But we call that Stormfront Freaks Raw because it's unedited. We're going to be offering that exclusively to our Patreon members. Uh, and, and so, yeah, we're on Patreon now. This is great. We're going to have five different levels of support. And participation. So if you go to patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks, you'll find there's a, a dollar a month, what we call the supercell supporter level, which just helps us because we've got an annual cost to uh, stream all this stuff and save all this stuff and everything. So it's going to help us too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These graphics uh, <laughs> become cheap. That's right. We, we have the $5 a month, what we call the blizzard raw access and that's where you're going to be sent the exclusive live link to our recording uh every other thursday nights uh which is going to be no longer available live to the public so starting october 29th if you like watching our live raw streams uh, you're going to have to uh, uh, be a part of our patreon so that we can start sending that to you exclusively by email we then have a $12 a month. We call that the EF5 Merch and More. Is so that every date with Brady? That's a date with Brady, isn't it? Date oh, with Brady. yeah. Let's go, Brady. Uh, that's coming up. Stay tuned. Oh, uh, so at this, at this level, every four months, we're going to send you some great merch, as well as uh, exclusive participation in product giveaways that we've previously made available to the public. So a lot of times... Um, We'll work with with weather companies and especially our holiday weather gift guide. Uh, we get all kinds of free weather products, and we'll make that stuff available um, uh, only to our Patreon members. We have a twenty dollar a month tropical storm happy hour, and this is the date with Brady. Once a month, we're, we're, once a month, the drunken happy hour. 
We're going to host a virtual happy hour with some of our co-hosts and our special patrons. Um, and all of these levels get, so if you're at the $20 a month level, you get all the other ones below that. So you'll get the raw access, you'll get the merch and more. Uh, and then if you upgrade to the granddaddy of them all, it's the $50 a month hurricane guest VIP access. There's only four of these available, but you are actually going to be invited to the green room of our show recordings and have access to ask our special guest questions during break. So, you know, tonight we've got Doug on. Uh, you'd be able to stay in our green, green room while we're recording. And then during breaks, we'll bring you in and you can ask Doug questions and, or whoever our guest might be. I mean, do you want to talk to Jim Cantori? Do you want to talk to Reed Timmer, Ginger Z? These are all past guests that we've had. Uh, multiple Nightly. times <laughs> that too or a date with brady <laughs> anyway uh i, I, I you got to visit patreon.com stormfront freaks now uh pick a level of support that you like because we want to interact with you more as well and so we we love this idea of, of being able to do that so uh let's find out who we do have here tonight from our co-hosts it is always happy hour when we record and so uh, it also lets you know that, hey, we like to have a good time by finding out what everyone's drinking. So, Dina, I'm going to start with you tonight. What are you drinking? I'm drinking my Michelob Ultra, but I, I'm almost done already. <laughs> wow. Got to get I another just, one. We, I stepped out early, and I don't know. Thirsty. We, we got to get to that first break so you can get a new one. MJ, what are you drinking? Well, disappointingly, perhaps tonight I'm just drinking Coca-Cola because oh. I have a couple of things I have to do after the show. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> Very good. Maz, what are you drinking? All right, so I have a Fireball whiskey with A&W root beer. That's and wow. it's That's really sweet. And it's in my Nebraska Big of Ten course. to play yeah. football. Of course. <laughs> of course. So. Of course. Yeah. All right, Brady's obviously cooking something. I can hear dishes uh, clanking is. and everything in the background. So oh. there is a mute button, by the way. But hey, what, are, always, what are you drinking? I'm always cooking, baby, whether that be food, whether that be life. You know, I'm a, I'm a cooking wow. guy. Well, I'm drinking some red wine here tonight. And that? it wasn't great, and now it's really kind of opened up, and it's got some nice legs to it. So pretty good. Nice. Mm. Very good. All right. Well, let's get to our guest. We, we've talked too much ourselves. Maz, I'm going to turn it over to you. Awesome. Thank you very much. Doug Hildebrand. Hey, he's the Weather Ready Nation Preparedness and Resilience Lead at the National Weather Service Headquarters. Now, he's been at the NWS for 18 years, starting at the Weather Prediction Center and also a two-year stint as the NOAA Policy Advisor for Weather and Satellites. He's got a bachelor's degree from Bucknell University master's in geology from university of southern florida and a master's in meteorology from north carolina state university my first question is doug which is your favorite degree and why <laughs> well it depends on you know the definition of favorite my my favorite time of course is the university of south florida spending three years in uh in the city of tampa in your early to mid-20s it doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> so that was where you partied the most. Which school did you? That, party that was my. That's right. That was the the get the partying out. Um, I did really enjoy my my meteorology experience. Uh, what was interesting about NC State was I took undergraduate courses at the same time as I was taking my graduate level courses. I actually got accepted and, and went into the meteorology graduate program 
not having taken a single meteorology course. So How did that happen? Wow. Now, did you I don't know if that was brave or just stupid. Well, like <laughs> if you did you ever take dynamics and derive the omega equation? <clears throat> oh god. I, did. I took the uh I took both senior level forecasting courses. So I, you know, and I had a, a absolutely wonderful professor, Gary Lackman, um, who was awesome. And I was able to not take it for a grade, but, you know, did well in it. Uh, it was the, you know, environmental fluid dynamics class that was pretty brutal. And I would walk out, check my email in the email lab that tells you how old I was. You, had to go to a lab to check your email and I'd come back into class and just write down what I missed on the board. It was, it was a struggle. Cause Dina isn't dynamic. Why we drink. I know I'm like, no. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, well, yeah. uh, deriving the Omega equation. Like I just want to forget it. <laughs> no, Diffy no, Q is why we drink. That okay, is a differential right. equation. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'll agree with oh, that. Oh, God. <laughs> so I, I have three kids who are all taking algebra mm -hmm. uh, in seventh and eighth grade now. And so I'm starting to really kind of get into that, those flashbacks of uh, middle school and high school where all of it comes back, but I haven't touched it in 25, 30 years. Are they home or are they actually in class? They're all home, so I have. Oh, really? Full house. Full that house. Sounds like fun. Yeah, that's why you drink. Yeah, that's right. Which is right after this show. Sounds like they're coming after you too. I'm drinking. Heavily. I hear the I hear the cops coming after you. So, uh, Doug, so tell us a little bit about. Um, so you moved from forecasting to uh, this the Weather Ready Nation program. I guess tell us a little bit about that program. What attracted you to to do that? Right. Well, I, I've been all over the map when it comes to my career, uh, starting off for two and a half years doing shift work, working uh, 11 hour shifts. And after about two and a half years, I said, I got to get out of the, uh, you know, 7 p.m. to 6 a.m. shift and, and you know, kind of have a normal nine to five job. And so looked at, at uh, National Weather Service headquarters. So it wasn't much of a a move from Camp Springs at the time where NSEP was to headquarters in Silver Spring, Maryland. Um, but I, I actually jumped into, you know, forecast uncertainty, worked a little fire weather, was out in, in Boise at times, um, really doing a lot of more of the, the science and technology to research to transition, uh, research to operations transitions. And it wasn't until 2011, which was the National Weather Service's sort of crossroads as an agency with the, you know, Southeast tornado outbreak, the, you know, incredible flooding of the Mississippi, if you recall, obviously, you know, Joplin uh, comes to mind in 2011, there were a lot of significant events and then 2012 with, with Sandy, you know, that's when the, the uh, sort of the birth of Weather Ready Nation started and I was in the right place at the right time. I was downtown working in the NOAA policy office. So I got involved actually, not from within the weather service, but, but down in NOAA working with the NOAA administrator uh, and, and others, you know, trying to create this, this movement, which 
really over the last 10 years, it's become a national movement toward better resiliency, better preparedness, and really creating a weather ready nation takes all of us. And, uh, you know, I can eventually talk about the ambassador program, which, which has an interesting story in itself. How has it changed? Like from the very beginning to where it is now, I mean, was in the beginning was kind of like, yeah, it's not going to work. And then you're like, Oh, that, that's good. Let's do that. I mean, how did, how did y'all just kind of get to where we are today? You know, we, we kind of, first of all, we kind of stumbled across the name. It was a, uh, it was the title of, of our strategic plan, which is not all that sexy when you come to, you know, how did it all happen? But people resonated with sort of the action driven words of being a weather ready, you know, creating a weather ready nation. Um, and really what it, what it did was it, it had two components. One was the national weather service had to change and, and NOAA, uh, you know, not just the weather service, but, but other parts of NOAA, our satellites, our coastal resilience had to change. We had to look beyond just, you know, and this is sort of the elevator speech, but we had to look beyond the accuracy of the forecast, right? For all of meteorological history, our performance is based on how accurate we got the forecast. But when you looked at April, late April, 2011, we had spot on warnings, we had lead time, and yet, you know, over 300 people lose their lives. And so what's going on that we're not capturing to get a really good outcome? And that's really the heart of what Weather Ready Nation was. And so the weather service had to change, focusing more on social science, how users are taking our information and making decisions, um, new dissemination methods. Remember in 2011, you know, Facebook, Twitter was sort of all new. We weren't really using it other than just getting reports from people. We weren't using it as a uh, communications out to people. And, you know, wireless emergency alerts, sort of things that we're all taking for granted today in 2020, these were all sort of in their infancy, ten, you know, back 10 years ago. So we were doing all these things internally to improve, you know, outcomes of these significant events. But, you know, where I come in with the Weathering Nation Ambassador Program, again, thank you for, for being an outstanding Weathering Nation Ambassador, is we realize government can't do it alone, right? It just, it, it can't just be a, a government program trying to, you know, change government. It's got to be bigger than that. And we've got to embrace that partnership across the country, get our 122 forecast offices all involved at the community level. And, you know, I'm one of my proudest achievements in my career is we have over 11,000 ambassadors, ambassador organizations, not just people, but organizations that are committed to this shared goal of resilience. But we're the best, right? We are. <laughs> Tonight, you're the best. <laughs> yeah. Doug, I have a, like, going. where do you envision this going? I mean, you said 2011. Yeah, we never really had, mm. you know, we, we didn't communicate via Facebook and Twitter, which is like Twitter is where I look for a lot of people who's taken pictures of things. But where do you see it being in another 10 years? I, I, see, a, I see it kind of driving the, you know, real almost fundamental shift in, in meteorology, right? Uh, we're always going to be wanting to 
you know, improve upon the, the forecast and, and be as accurate as possible and investing the science and technology, uh, the forecast tools, the data that we need. But, you know, the buzzwords today are what? Artificial intelligence, machine learning. And, you know, at, at some point, the forecaster is going to have to rely more on that side of the equation, the, the, the technology, and add value by by being that decision maker of you know what information is important and yes we can be more accurate on our forecast but again as as 2011 showed we can keep improving that forecast but we got to be improving that decision making the pre-planning the exercises the drills the uh ability for you know cities to to develop or to to plan in smart ways we need to get a hold of you know, the hundred year floodplain, you know, that's a complete sort of misnomer. And, and, you know, it's a struggle communicating that risk to homeowners. Um, so are you saying I need to get flood insurance? <laughs> yeah. I, I, we just, we just had a flood a couple of years ago. So I thought I was good for another <laughs> night. I think years. the saying is if you live on planet earth, you should have uh, some, some level of flood insurance. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Doug, when you, you know, I think we all struggle with this question in our careers. You know, you want to have satisfaction in what you do every day. You want to feel like you make a difference. Like when you go to work and you do the Weather Ready Nation and all your communication, like what gives you the most satisfaction? Like when you go home, you're like, that was worth going to work. So I feel like, and, and I'm sure you get a lot of this, I feel like I have the best job in weather service. I feel like I have the best job in meteorology. Um, I do believe that that what I do every day does save lives and it can be, you know, something like teaching a, you know, I, I, I visit schools. Um, I work on our social media campaigns and our out, you know, how we explain it with our ambassadors is we create a buffet of opportunities for ambassadors to engage. And so a lot of times I'm creating the buffet of things like, you know, safe place selfie, we reached 90 million Twitter accounts last April. We do it every year for the last four years. And it, it's kind of become my little baby, my, my, my project every spring, working with a lot of really talented people. But it's, it's an incredible social, uh, uh, social media event where we are trying to get weather safety which let's be honest, I feel sometimes like I'm a, uh, a broccoli farmer, right? <laughs> Weather safety, you know it's good for you, but you avoid it in the uh, cafeteria line, right? <laughs> so we've got to spice that, that broccoli up with a little, you know, olive oil and sea salt and, and uh, you know, garlic and pepper. <laughs> we got to make weather safety something that's hip, fashionable, something that uh, if you're not weather ready, you know, society sort of, you know, comes down hard on you, much like wearing your seatbelt. Um, you know, anytime I don't have my seatbelt on, my kids tell me, you got to, dad, remember your seatbelt. So that's what we want out of these communities across the country. Um, and so my, to answer your question, it, I feel like I am saving lives and I feel like I, contribute to the larger messaging 
that's out there and words have meaning and they have value. And, you know, you, you see it with uh, some of these hurricanes when, when we say, when we make the decision, it's life threatening flooding or storm surge, people take action. And, and that's where I really love, you know, my job from sort of a, a communications and an external partnership point of view. And, and those that don't take action, we call them hashtag wet yeah, fools. Exactly. Yeah, we do. Uh, and we point them out. We, we throw them under the bus. Hey, uh, check out the lineup of Stormfront Freaks merchandise at helicity.co. Uh, we've got shirts, we've got mugs, face masks, and, and also check out our new stickers. Uh, just go to helicity.co and click on the Brands tab to find all of your Stormfront Freaks favorites but hey it's time for a quick break uh we're gonna be right back with more from doug and test your skills along with him on our lightning round stay tuned welcome back to tracker chat with the tornado trackers i am your host jeremy Heyman. i am joined by my chasing partners gabe cox and jeff mangum uh, today we're going to talk about storm chasing alone. Sometimes you and your buddies can't quite sync your calendars up to go out for a storm chase, and so maybe you're just heading out by yourself to, to see some beauty in nature. Uh, I know us here at Tornado Trackers, we have all done chases alone and all have different stories. Um, but Jeff Mangum, uh, I would love to kick it off with you because I'm sure you have some some great wisdom on storm chasing alone. Yeah, I've spent a large portion of, of my chasing life um, chasing alone. I think first you really gotta you really gotta kind of know yourself a little bit. Um, for me, I, I kind of come alive at about nine or ten o'clock, and so driving at night is not the biggest struggle for me. So after a storm chase, I, I kind of know that I'm going to be fully awake uh, in the late night hours. Um, I think it's important to kind of know that about yourself and, and kind of be wise about that. Um, I, I think also when I know for me, when I'm chasing alone, I am in constant communication with both of you guys. And so uh, we always call it um, who's, who's in, you know, mission control or, uh, something of the sort. So for, for, for me, I, I can rely on both of you guys to be looking at weather models, um, anything on social media, uh, while I'm driving. And so I can kind of concentrate on trusting what you guys are seeing and, and then just driving. Totally. Yeah. Thanks for that. I really appreciate it. Uh, Gabe, what about you? What do you think of, uh, or what jumps to mind when, when you hear solo chasing? Um, disappointment, <laughs> anger, frustration. <laughs> Those are the three words I would use for lone storm chasing. Tell us more about that. <laughs> I, I am like Jeff. I, where, well, here's what everyone should know about our team. We have three introverts on our team. So there is no problem with any one of us having to to drive solo i think all three of us enjoy a good road trip in a quiet car um it also is beneficial because when we do all get together we know each other's social limits pretty well but as far as me chasing solo um yeah i don't mind the drive it's when things start happening that solo chasing is hard 
it's um, you have a lot to juggle if you're trying to film everything, you're trying to forecast, you're trying to navigate, keeping an eye on radar. So as often as I can, I will have a chase partner with me. And a lot of times if Jeff and Jeremy can't join me on a chase, I like to use that opportunity to invite someone who has voiced interest in storm chasing. You don't need someone to sit in the passenger seat and forecast for you. They can navigate. Everyone knows how to read Google Maps. Um, so that's uh, when those situations are beneficial. But yeah, as far as solo storm chasing, I try to avoid it. Um, it's not always avoidable. And I know there are a lot of storm chasers that prefer it. And hats off to them. I, I, if I had to do that all the time, I would. I think I'd lose my mind because there's a lot to do. And like Jeff said, we always have someone who's kind of at mission control, remotely tracking with us and forecasting um, so that we can safely drive and get forecast updates while we're on the go, getting to our target area. Yeah, I think that's, it's really interesting because um, there's a lot of different kind of dynamics with different chasers who, some who want to go with a team of three, four, five guys. But um, if you don't have a team and if you are uh, someone who's chasing solo, I just think it's probably really important at the bare minimum to find a few chasers that you can connect with and even talk to ahead of time whether it means some meetup or not, that way there's just some kind of familiarity where it's not just you on some trip and no one really knows <laughs> where you are or what you're doing. I think it's just probably smart and safe to have some kind of connection with some other chasers uh, on a chase. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. I personally uh, hate chasing alone, so I do it as little as I, as I can. Uh, sometimes you just got to do it. Uh, I just don't have the multitasking capacity i think to uh, to do that well I, yeah gabe you mentioned a little earlier uh navigating running cameras uh forecasting looking at the radar it can it can get a little crazy and you add on top of that having to go to the bathroom being hungry um and it's it's my nightmare <laughs> so I, I don't i don't i don't love chasing alone I, my favorite chases are three people that's uh, such a good amount and you know uh, one person navigating one person forecasting managing cameras and the other person driving I think is um, the ideal in in my opinion thanks guys uh, some really good wisdom on solo chasing there uh, this has been tracker chat with the tornado trackers my name is Jeremy Heyman and I've been joined by my chasing partners Gabe Cox and Jeff Mangum and we will see you next time Hey, welcome back, everybody. We've got Weather Ready Nation's uh, Doug Hildebrand with us. And, and so, Doug, I've got a question. You talked about the ambassador program, which, which Stormfront Freaks is a, a proud part of that. Um, I'm curious to know, because I have seen lately on social media, the, uh, my guess is each um, weather forecast office gets to nominate or present uh, an ambassador of the year. Is that maybe how it works? But That's right. So here's my question. What what were some of the unique messaging uh, options that have been coming this year from some of those winners? Phil shooting for a trophy. Just they, like, uh, you know, they, they held podcasts and. 
gave you swag. You're 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 in the run. You're in the lead now <laughs> since it's October first. Okay. You know it's no. I mean it's it's um, we got about seventy five. First of all, we we've recognized seventy five organizations out of eleven thousand, and sometimes it's because there is a new relationship. We have uh, Navajo Nation Department of a of emergency management, which is awesome to be able to reach out to the, the tribal communities. We've gotten a newspaper, we've had, you know, an incredible variety, but they're all, you know, almost like what, what Steve, uh, you know, his little quote there, they're all diving deep into the community and making real change. So whether it's, you know, we have a couple of universities that are, are really working with the weather service on, you know, the messaging to their students and faculty and getting their their campus secure, making sure that people have a plan, making sure, you know, going back to Tuscaloosa, one of the heartbreaking um, stories that I heard out of the 2011 tornado outbreak were students at the University of Alabama originally in a, you know, hardened, if you've ever been there, their, their campus buildings are just, you know, brick, solid structures, and they, they panicked, you know, and, and what happens when, when there's, when you're feeling like you're in danger, you go home and they actually went back to their dorm or back to their, um, their house. And that's where they died. You know, they kind of went from safety to, uh, unsafety. And so it's, it's those things that we want to turn the narrative on. And these ambassadors of excellence are really, uh, they're, they're acting as force multipliers, getting the message out. And, and I'll leave it with this. Government, you know, we are an authoritative source, but there's a lot of parts of this country where they're not really looking for the federal government telling them what they should and shouldn't be doing. But it's, it's the trusted sources within these communities that, if they're speaking, if they're saying, hey, you need a plan, you need to prepare, that people are actually responding to and, and you know, combine that with, with you know, I, I joke about the podcast, but you change minds when you speak to people in, in you know, real world ways. And that's what we want out of Weather Ray Nation. It's not just a forecast on a screen. It's not just getting that, that tornado warning, it's, I know what to do. I know the appropriate shelter I need to go to. That's what we're all about. I like that safe place selfie. That's very good. Yes. Cool. Do, do you get like a wide spectrum or something? Those are excellent. These are, dude, what were you thinking? Type of selfies in their places or what do you get? Well, you know, it, it, it a lot of our, our activity is centered around tornadoes, but it's actually what we really encourage is to think about the various uh, risks that you have and the hazards, right? So you can prepare for a tornado, but chances are, let's be real, you know, chances are you're not gonna experience a tornado in your life. It doesn't mean it doesn't happen to people, but you're much more likely to face a flash flooding event, face lightning when you're outside, face, um, you know, the potential of a tree nearby falling on your home, on your car, in the yard. That's where, you know, we're really trying to encourage this all hazards approach where 
your car is a great shelter when there's lightning. It's a horrible shelter for the tornado or the flooding risk. And even, you know, these nuanced hazards, uh, I'm particularly interested and in, in, in it's dear to my heart because I have a two-year-old, but, you know, hearing these, these horrible stories of children either being, you know, left in cars or gaining access to cars and not being able to get out because of child locks and whatnot, we're actually seeing an uptick in that with, uh, you know, the, the majority of people, you know, a lot of people staying at home, teleworking, their kids are running around the house, you know, they leave their stuffy uh, in the car, they go out and get it, they open up the car, they get inside, they can't get out, and they're not old enough to realize that a hot vehicle is not a place uh, to be and, and, you know, tragedy strikes. And so there are safe place selfies of what can you do to prevent that from happening? Uh, rip currents, you know, we just came up uh, the one year anniversary of a, of a, of a good friend and a, a senior level um, leader in the national weather service who died from a rip current or, you know, rough, rough surf off the North Carolina coast. It can happen to anybody. And we're all about making sure people enjoy their vacation, but doing it the right way. Yeah. So, so Doug, I have a question. Um, now, it sounds like, you know, just in, from what I've seen, you know, you guys are having pretty awesome success and getting a lot of partners signing up. Where is there any opposition? I mean, I can't think of, of anyone that would be necessarily completely opposed to it, but... Um, you know, there's got to be some challenges in, in either bringing on maybe a private sector, you know, business or, you know, private that puts out their own warnings. Um, what are some of the challenges you've run into with this weather ready nation? So from a from a, the ambassador standpoint, you know, we have 11,000 ambassadors. I think one time somebody kind of reached you know, came back to us and said, um, I'm not sure of this, I kind of have buyer's remorse. So that's one out of 11,000. Wow. Uh, God, you know, God bless them. But from a Weather Any Nation, yeah, you know, we, we whether it was before Weather Any Nation or, or, you know, during Weather Any Nation and the things that we're trying to do, there's always a, a you know, a strong desire to partner and, and communicate with the, you know, public-private partnership, you know, What's the role of government? What's the role of weather providers? And it's never going to be clean and perfect, but we are in constant communications. We have um, we hold partner events where we, we talk about our plans. And so hopefully we avoid uh, issues. But the thing about Weather A Nation and the ambassadors is it's it's kind of, you know, it's it's the uh, the old saying, you know, higher tide lifts all boats. We're looking at building that interest to be resilient, which then gives business opportunities to our weather industry partners. And that's what Weather A Nation's about. I mean, if you look across the country, we are only skimming the surface from a, you know, an economic engagement uh, with the value of, of weather services. You know, how many companies out there really don't get the the weather services that they need whether it's coming you know from government but mostly from the private sector so we're, we're constantly working that 
All right, well, hey, that's the sound. It is time for our lightning round. Uh, Doug, this is our game show of flashy and brilliant questions that we always play with our guests. We always invite everybody else to play along as well, uh, and especially if you're live on our chat uh, tonight. So I understand you've, you've got some affinity with Philadelphia. What, what's, what, what's your connection to Philadelphia? Well, I was born here in, in the D.C. area, but I, uh, I lived age two to, through college just outside Philadelphia in a town called Collegeville, Pennsylvania. But I'm a diehard Philadelphia sports fan. All right. Well, we're playing a game tonight. We're calling this Name That Philadelphia Icon. All right. <laughs> Name That Philadelphia Icon. Now, I, I have no guarantees that any of Whoa. our co-hosts know anything about Philadelphia. But here's what it is. I'm, I'm going to go through and start giving you some hints about right. either a, a Philadelphia movie a Philadelphia TV show or a Philadelphia sports legend. All right, okay? let's do it. Um, so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start rattling through. There's three hints for each one, and the minute you think you know what it is, Doug, you chime in. And if you get it wrong, I'm gonna turn it over to the freaks to see if they might be able to guess. Does that make sense? All right. Okay. All right. So here we go. So here's the first. I'm nervous. Okay. All right. So the first one. Uh, the first one, here's the first hint, a 1999 thriller film from M. Night Shyamalan, ding dong, whatever his last name is. M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan, 99 yes. thriller film. Yes, yeah, Sixth Sense. Oh, wow. Nice. He got that already. Uh, okay, here's the next one. A TV sitcom between 1990 and 96. <sighs> West Philadelphia, born and raised. Oh, oh yeah. Always sunny in Philadelphia. No, <clears throat> no freaks. Oh. Fresh Prince Fresh of Bel Air. Oh, oh my God, that's a. There, there we go. Well, technically right. that was in Bel Air. That was ooh, Phil. But it, but it was about but it was but about the true. guy who's from Philadelphia. Can you buzz yourself? Yeah, that's a trick question. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, all right. Can you buzz yourself? Right. I I control it, so that's just how this game works. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right, next one. Um night uh number twenty jersey is retired. Brian Dawkins. Oh. Uh, that's not this one. Freaks, do you want any idea? <laughs> is there more know. to this question? Philly no, cheesecake. Um, That's all you get. No. All right. Uh, so going back to Doug. Next, uh, next one. One with the Phillies in 1980. Mike Schmidt. Very good, wow. Mike Schmidt. Wow. All right. Here we go. 1976. Both are legends, though. What? I said both are legends. Brian Dawkins and oh. Mike Schmidt. Okay. True, but that's not what the answer was. So that's how, again, that's how this game works. Uh, 19, uh, 1976 sports drama. Rocky. Rocky. Yeah. Oh man. Very good. Oh, I just it out. All right. One, uh, one of the greatest all-time dunkers in the NBA. Oh, I got that. Well, there's. I know this isn't the answer, but but Daryl Dawkins, okay. who would smash. The, the glass backboards, but it was Julius, Dr. J, Dr. Chapstick, Irving. Is that your final answer? <laughs> yes. Well, that would be correct. Oh, yeah, nice. number six is retired, and, and then... I got his autograph on a $1 bill. Oh, wow. Nice. Interesting. We, we saw a total recall in 1990 right next to each other. 
Okay. Oh, nice. Oh. There you go. All right, here we go. Next one, 2015 sports drama starring Michael B. Jordan. Um, and the next was a, Rocky. Was a uh, Rocky spinoff. Yeah, Creed. Creed. Oh, Creed. Creed. Yeah. Creed it was. All right, last one. Uh, here we go. Uh, let's see. What should I? I'll, I'll start with number 13 is retired. Uh, nicknamed the Stilt. Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain. Very good. You did pretty well. You know you're Philadelphia. Come on, that's a low-hanging fruit. All right. I, I don't want to embarrass our guest, he, uh, but I didn't. I didn't have to. He knew what no, he was he's doing. Good. He's good. He knows it's Philadelphia. Can I, can I make a public service announcement? Sure. Well, I was going to say, uh, make a public From, service announcement as well as tell people how they can uh, follow you on social media. All right. So my my PSA for people, just so they know, because we chuckle from Philadelphia. Ben Franklin was never a U.S. president. It's true. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Wikipedia Good would point. disagree. <laughs> Wikipedia. He was way too old. <laughs> All right. So what's what's the uh, how can people follow you on social media and maybe learn more about Weather Ready Nation, Doug? All right. So for me, it's DC Weather Brand. See how I played that? Yeah. Builder yeah. Brand, Weather Brand. Nice. Uh, and then, of course, I'm the the lead on the WRN Ambassadors. Twitter account. We're not on Facebook. We're too cool for school, so we stay on Twitter. But uh, WRN Ambassadors. Oh, okay. Sweet. Well, okay. we're going to go ahead. Uh, we're going to take our final break. We're going to be right back with our with our contribution to uh, the Weather Ready Nation, which is our hashtag Weather Fools. And I mentioned earlier, we've scoured the dark web for another potty mouth forecast from someone you don't want to miss. Uh, we'll be right back. Hey, this is Rick Reichmuth. I'm the Chief Meteorologist at Fox News and the founder of Weatherman Umbrella, and you are listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Let's take a drive under the moon. Let's take a drive under the somber sky. Let's take a drive under the moon. of the podcast guys welcome back to the stormfront freaks podcast it's time for weather fools now for those of you that it's your first time listening not sure how many time how many people first time listeners we have but for those that are or for those that forget what weather fools is weather fools is simply us as the freaks we're going on the web we're going on twitter we're going checking our yahoo emails whatever email we got we're looking for people that did something silly stupid or just <laughs> downright dumb and it's got to relate to the weather, and it pre preferably like a video or something, so we can all laugh as us together freaks. All right, Dina. Laugh at your expense. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Dina. Who is your wonderful <laughs> this week? All right, so this guy, he is, um, I guess he's a meteorologist, and he's got this great Irish <laughs> I accent. I was asked not to share the audio because he is just dropping the bombs through the whole thing. <laughs> and... 
it's it's just the funniest thing and I, I really can't even like stress how funny it is when I can't I'm not sharing the audio um so get you got to get on look the at that look at that island there's no like cities <laughs> on no it there's cities. no this no really not. old Plus it's raining across literally the entire island so <laughs> look, and, and, and he calls them all the same thing right? what kind of weather me. communication and they don't even show you like cities or anything i don't like know that. and these crazy like um lightning bolts but what kind of like makes me laugh is you know sometimes when people record stuff Sometimes they do one and they start joking around because they, they don't send it live. They're recording it. Mm. And I've, I've seen this happen where it kind of got real out of hand. You know, one time it did go out by accident, some in an mm -hmm. old job I saw, but uh, you know, it was one of those looks like they really let it go. And somehow it just, it's, uh, it's, that's, that's on the next segment called potty mouth forecast. Potty that's mouth where forecast. that ends up. This could have been now, this could have been either one. Would have been well, a good it, one for that. It could yeah. have been a TV station with low ratings, and maybe like you know what, let's really spice it up. See what, see how this works. And, out. and with his accent, it's funny. He had to come from the pub. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, well, Dina, that was that was pretty great, guys. You're gonna have to check that one out to see the potty mouth language in that too. I think that also yeah. makes that a pretty awesome video. So we'll have that link. Phil, who is your weather fool this week? All right, so this uh, Twitter video that I want to share with you guys, this is from France, and Oleron Island. I don't know how you would say that with a French accent, but Oleron Island. Anyway, it's some hikers that uh, happen to be out and uh, on this island, and they ran into a tornado. Whoa. And they're, they're basically wow. filming this thing, and I'd say it's, what, football field or two away, a couple of yards. yards. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and this thing's and they're this hikers that were like, oh look, I guess we're hiking in Man. bad weather, and it's there's a tornado. Oh my gosh, jeez! So <laughs> literally, literally stumbling across it. Like it doesn't happen very often. Uh, yeah, and and the fact that they just stopped and you're like, oh, well, let's just video this instead of like trying to run to shelter. They're like, ah, this will be fine. I mean, she's on her knees, so at least yeah. she kind of dropped a little bit, and and she's got one hand on her head, but it's just holding her hat. She's not really covering <laughs> yeah. her head. She's, she's laying in gravel. I mean, that's I mean, you look around that. there though. There's not really a place to go or a, even yeah. a low area to lie in. So yeah, yeah. it's that's called true. be weather be weather aware. That's what that's called. <laughs> yes. That's right. Yes. Well, Phil, that was pretty awesome. I uh, can't say, can't say I would do the same though. I, I might be running towards the tornado to be honest, because I've uh, like, always, ah! I've always wanted to run into a tornado, and I feel like that. Would I know. Be wow. But <laughs> anyway, at least the dust devil. At least dust yeah. devil. Yeah, not a tornado. Don't, yeah. 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 That that might have been a land spout though, too. Who knows? But anyway, MJ, you're up, man. Yeah. So this first one, I've got two of them. So this first one is uh from our uh, our friend uh, jay is painting jay bigham and yeah there's a truck uh submerged in in flood water of course but it's got psychic and crystal ball uh, and, and psychic reader all painted on it so apparently even the psychic didn't know uh, what was going to happen yeah. in that particular case so fail. Uh, wow. yeah exactly that's a good fool for you and then we have this who uh, came to us from uh, Mezzo-Eye, uh, Tim Boland. And uh, it's a typical flood thing. But if you look in the background under the, the uh, bridge, you see the guy whipping uh, donuts oh. in the middle of the flood. People trying to turn There's around. Two. And uh, yeah, so there's our fool for playing around in flood water. 
while other people are trying to stay safe. And not only that, but look at the, I mean, the white car has been submerged. I mean, it's stuck. Oh, yeah. it, yeah. It's underwater. And then yeah. the truck that comes through just piles water up over the top. This of is it. one of those it's videos there. that should be titled, Hold My Beer. Wow. Yes, correct. <laughs> he's, he's missing his Trump. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there, there you go. I didn't want to say it. But... So, all right. And both were from Houston. So honestly, I feel like it probably was the same event or the, I don't know, the same flooding event. Because, I mean, those were all from the past two weeks, yeah. right? MJ? Yeah. 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 Ah. yeah. Wow. That's pretty nuts. That's pretty nuts. Well, we're going to have that video on a link as well. All right. I will go last here. Uh, so I don't, sadly, I don't have a video, but this is more of a, an article here. Um, and I'll just read you the headline. And with all the California wildfires that you know oh, have yes. started and oh, all yeah. this stuff, you guys might have seen this. You know, California yes. wildfire started with pyrotechnics at gender reveal party, fire officials say. Now, this wasn't just a, a, a small fire. This was a 7,000-acre El Dorado fire. Um, and this article was about you know three weeks ago. So this is – I don't know if it's still burning or not. But that's a huge fire. And, I mean, that's just – I mean, that would just be the worst thing in the world to have – not fire star by lightning strike, but a gender, that. yeah, a gender reveal party. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, come on, guys, come on. Get a little bit more smart about how you do it. And it says here the family could have be held financially or criminally mm -hmm. responsible no. for this. I mean, that's just, I mean, that that could be millions of dollars. So, I mean, that's well, not good. it, yeah, it it burns structures. So there, yeah. that's a that was a nasty deal. Wow, not good. So the lesson is, if you ever have a burn warning, or you know, if you ever a red flag warning, please, for the love of God, don't go out and have something that could burn, or you know, just 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 be smart, people. You, you know what we did at our gender reveal party? I what? told everybody we're having a boy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. It was hey, fun. Phil, that, sometimes that's the best. Simplicity is sometimes the best. Anyway, guys, so that was uh, Weather Fools. Thanks for uh, watching our Weather Fools segment. We're going to have all those videos and links to the articles that we showed you here on the show. Um, take a look at our website, stormfrontfreaks.com, or take a look at your podcast app. Check out the show notes. Once again, this is episode 115. So check out the show notes there to see those links and more. Very good. All right. So we, we are moving on to uh, one of our new, new segments we have that we introduced a couple episodes ago. We call this Potty Mouth Forecasts. And what this is is we search the dark web, you know, which is where all the shady stuff happens, right? And we look for uh, these famous weather people that maybe did some weather forecasts on a day they weren't real happy. or And uh, they might have shot off a few, as Dina was saying earlier, maybe some F-bombs, maybe something else. But we find these and we share them with you. Now, we have pre-edited these. So uh, don't worry about hearing the bad words. We kind of cut those out. But I, I, I found this. You guys are going to be excited about this. One of our past guests we've had on a couple times is James Spann. Oh, yeah. Who is a meteorologist down in Birmingham, Alabama. He's been down there for I don't know how long, but James is, is a very well-known, well-respected uh, TV meteorologist. And I found this uh, because James also has an affinity to, to not be, ha you know, to get off my lawn sometimes about certain things. And one of the things he feels that way is about the, uh, the farmer's almanac. Right. And so this was from a, a, a broadcast on his TV station as they were going to talk a little bit about the farmer's almanac. Listen in. 
Lauren, let's go to that other big pronosticator. Wow, I talk for a living out there. She, she was trying to say <laughs> bonehead. <laughs> well, this is one that James Spann really doesn't put a whole lot of trust in, and that's the Farmer's Almanac. What does it say? Well, despite James standing next to me, I'm going to let you know what it says. It okay. says that the Alabama will experience a chilly and wet winter. Oh, I'm sorry, James, but that's what it says. No, it doesn't. It, it, right. it says you're going to have... Warm periods, cold periods, <laughs> rainy periods. Here we go. We'll see what James has to say. Hang on, everything. hang on. Now, James, I've known you a long time, and I've learned this much about you. You do not put a whole lot of faith in long-term outlooks for weather predictions. So does this forecast leave you cold? I'm, I'm, I'm just dead. I'm about to drop dead. I'm so now, th there is no skill. L look, we have a hard time figuring out the weather three hours in advance on some days, and the skill is so small in these seasonal outlooks. And by the way, this is the official outlook from the Weather Service. This is a greater than 33% chance of a colder than average winter. How do they get this empirically? I mean, that, that makes no and in terms of the precipitation, they have an equal chance. But these things rarely ever verify. You could go down to the Birmingham Zoo, get an orangutan, throw a dart, and it would be about as good as this stuff. So don't, don't count on these outlooks. There's not much skill. There's a lot of things we can do, and there's a lot of things we can't do in this business. There's a lot of things we don't know, and we're just not good at this. So I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, so that's one one of his more famous rants i think that uh wow got sent to the dark web but uh yep our our potty mouth forecast uh is definitely a favorite uh let's uh let's check our freak freak fan box send me a postcard drop me a line you've got mail baby yeah all right mj all right we have a we, we have a little bit of mail um, at least one, and this is from uh, Dan. Yeah, we got one. Like that Dan the Weather Guy at Danny the Weather says, uh, "I like your podcast show. I listen to every episode. Keep up the great work, and also can't wait for the next episode." Nice. Oh, so, thanks, Danny. Danny. There you go. For that, we certainly appreciate it. You too can uh, send us a comment to get yourself heard on the show. Uh, on Twitter, we're at Stormfront Freak. On Facebook, at Stormfront Freaks. Or send it to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. That's the uh, Freak Fan Box. Very good. Oh. Well, hey, uh, that just about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Thanks for listening or watching. And before I get to uh, announcing who our next guest is, uh, if you do like the show, don't forget to uh, subscribe or to follow the show so you get notified and receive the latest episodes delivered right to your podcast player the moment it gets released. Just got to hit that subscribe button or follow button. Also, again, uh, don't forget to visit patreon.com slash stormfrontfreaks to check out all the ways you can support us and we can do more with you. So we're getting excited about uh, the, the interactions we can have with, uh, with you. Special thanks again to our guest tonight, Doug Hildebrand. <laughs> Uh, it's really cool to kind of hear about that program and, and what they're working on and, and some of the exciting things uh, some of the other ambassadors have been doing communication-wise. Uh, our next episode, we're going to be rec uh, recording live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter on Thursday, October 15th at 9 Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. To celebrate International Podcast Day, we're bringing on the team of Joe and Kelly Mays. They're the creators of the Minute by Minute Twister podcast. Oh, nice. um, 
So they watch Twister and then they take every minute of Twister and then they analyze and talk about it and everything. And that's each episode covers oh, wow. one minute of the Twister movie. So Is this uh, going to be like an eight hour show or <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not, well, yeah, we're not going to we oh, okay. go that long, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm looking forward to that. It should be a good time. So uh, for MJ, for Maz, Brady and Dina, I'm going to signal the all clear and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Find our bi-weekly show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or your favorite podcast app. And watch our live and recorded shows on YouTube. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, merchandise, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you are there, check out our live interactive Storm Chaser radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Search Stormfront Freaks. We'd love to hear from you. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.